Do you have an interest in the paranormal? Do you find joy in creepy things? Do you delight in terror? That's not going to work. My name is Ryan, and I am joined weekly by my friends Alex and Chad to dive deep into the stranger parts of life in an effort to understand more about the world we live in. Come listen to our podcast, That's Strange. You can find us in all of your podcast players. So go, listen, now, and please review. We'd really appreciate it. everyone to mystery a podcast about myths and history i am one of your hosts bryant with my permanent guest cammy hi there cammy hi bryant how are you i'm excellent uh i i don't know if it's 100 percent sure maybe i should have clicked that but i think this is like the one year anniversary episode is that right almost uh it might be is it end it, of it might be the week before it's september 17th or 16th is our one year so right we're so we're like basically there this will yeah. go up like in that area. So happy one year anniversary. Happy anniversary. We're not in a tiny little closet at a university trying to talk about the Minotaur <laughs> not right now. Uh, it's a little different today. So if you're just joining us, though, well, welcome. Uh, Mystery is a show that Cammy and I started a year ago where we like to talk about all sorts of different myths and legends and we will do that by kind of giving you that myth and legend, kind of a tale. Cammy will kind of condense it. And then I will try and give you some of the history uh, or, or story or a little bit more information behind it. Like today is a great idea or a, a, an interesting sort of thing, especially for my end. Um, sometimes for Cammy, it's hard for her to like find a story out of something. Like we're having a problem with one topic right now, kind of. <laughs> But today one we're topic discuss... that we've already announced, so I know. it's even worse. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, you'll you'll see soon though. It, it's we're okay. I found a tablet. It'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> but the children of Lear is the Irish uh, an Irish legend that we're we're talking about today. Um, and and this is funny too because when I go in the the information behind it is it's a little different. I I was expecting to hear about stories and things like that and, and tablets. Irish tablets, but no, there were no Irish tablets back then with this on it. But um, yeah, so Cammy, why don't you go ahead and give us this story, regale us? Okay, great. I thank you. I would like to thank Debbie, who is a very active member of our Facebook group, mm-hmm. for the pronunciations. I hope I do them justice. She is from Ireland, so she helped me out. Oh yeah, and I I was looking. I had a good source for those. And it just reminded me, if if you didn't listen to our, our Welsh mythology episode where we talked about Anun, we, we already butchered a lot of this. And uh, the like traditional like Irish and Welsh are very similar in that they're incredibly hard to pronounce. <laughs> so, yeah, do forgive us, though, on that. And, uh, Cammy, I'm rooting for you on this because some of it's Yeah, I'm going to try my best. Yeah. I'll be super embarrassed if I don't get it right. <laughs> I won't be. Right, no. <laughs> So I, I my source, though, was irishatheart.com, the story of Children of Lear by Mary Moore. Long ago in Ireland, a king, known for his kindness and fair rule, wanted to gain the allegiance of one of his harshest critics. The king offered his daughter, Eve, in marriage to this man, 
who went by the name of Lear. Lear was won over by the fair woman, and they both fell passionately in love. The two had four beautiful children, Fenula, Aed, Theacra, and Khan. But Eve died suddenly in the night, and the children were left without a mother. The king was fond of his grandchildren and new son-in-law, so he offered his other, his other daughter, Aoife, to Lear for marriage. She was happy to agree, and the two seemed to get along well, but Aoife was a jealous woman, and under the guise of taking the children to see their grandfather one night, she, ins- she instead went to Loch Dorok and meant to slay the children with a sword she had carried along the journey. When she went to strike them, she couldn't do it, so she took out her wand and performed a spell, turning them into beautiful swans. But she made one horrible mistake. She left them with their voices. They pleaded with her to turn them back, but she refused, saying that they were now doomed for 900 years. 300 they would spend in Loch Dorok, then 300 in Shrok Nom Weo, and 300 in Inish Gloria. After that, they would be free when they heard the bells of the Christian church. Aoife went to see her father without the children, and he demanded her to give their whereabouts. She tried to say they were at home with their father, but he saw through a ruse. He sent word to Lear that the children were missing, and Lear himself went to look. He could hear their beautiful singing when he neared the lock, but he saw no children, only swans. They called to him, and he realized they had been turned by Richcraft. They relayed what their stepmother had done to them and how they were doomed for 900 years to live as birds. Lear visited them every day until his death, and 300 years passed. The children were then washed to their next destination. This place was cold and lonely, but they huddled together and kept each other company for another 300 years. Finally, they reached their last destination. This place was lonelier than the first. They only met a few fishermen during their sentence, but 300 years passed just the same. Finally, they awoke one morning to find they could leave the lake, still as swans, but they were free nonetheless. They traveled to their old home, which was gone. So was everything they remembered from their lives. They were disheartened, until one day a kind stranger came upon them. He said he was working with St. Patrick to spread Christianity through the land. He taught them the ways of God and how to be good Christian swans. It wasn't long before another man heard of these children. A king. He wanted them as a wedding present to his bride. The monk tried to protect them but the king grabbed at them, and just then, as he did, the bells of the newly erected church filled the air, and these swans became children again. But they aged rapidly, and they cried for the monk to baptize them so they might go in peace. They hurried to the lock, and he baptized them in the waters. And then they withered and died just after, joining their family in heaven. Oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like sweet but sad. Yeah. No, that's a good way of, of putting it. So, this was interesting to look into. And I, I saw a lot of familiar things. So, we've talked about, uh, specifically, uh, this time a year ago, almost, Banshees was an early episode we did. Uh, that was a really fun concept because like, we, we knew we were aware of Banshees, but it's it has some things with it and it evolved. Uh, we've talked about the Welsh mythology aspect and a few other things relative to uh, the British islands and mythology and things like that. And and some of this comes up, but this story is a little different. I was sort of expecting a more direct thing, uh, like a, a direct piece of evidence or something like that. But what's funny is, I, I mean, when I when I started my research, <laughs> I, I found an old 
website that I used for the Banshee episodes, CelticWeddingsRings.com. <laughs> I loved that. I, like this this website, like this about wedding rings is like, by the way, um, here I'm your source on mythology. So I, I looked at that and, and IrishAtHeart.com, Ask About Ireland, um, Irish Central, all these great websites um, that are that are very like, you know, there's, there's there is such this calling especially for uh, americans and and not and non-irish and i'm sure irish natives to to find out more about this stuff um but uh, you, you imagine with irish americans it's kind of a calling home thing anyway this is my roundabout saying of i was expecting something like a deeper connection um you know like we banshees kind of came to america and it was just this kind of like local ghost thing even in america in like the 40s i think it was that th- this story is a little different and and it really it's rooted in no further really than the 12th century it's it's a medieval legend it's a medieval tale and it it not doesn't necessarily have like 100% irish roots it kind of was localized and incorporated it seems like and especially this was the time too that uh well this this was 600 years into really the Christianization of the British Isles. And it's very clear, I mean, from your story, that that's what the story, like, you know, I love how to be good Christian swans. Like, <laughs> how do you be a good Christian swan? Um, but that, that we, not to, to reiterate what I've talked about a lot, but that was a, a really important part of the formation. And, and like we just talked about with New Orleans voodoo about how uh, voodoo and Catholicism mixed up a couple weeks ago. That's that was what happened in Ireland, but over the course of centuries and centuries. And this is a cool story because uh, swans do have like an important history, and and they're they're I mean they're they're beautiful. They are you know known for having their mates for life. They have tons of they're they're uh, they're called Ella. Um, that's what it's the Ella in Irish, I believe. That's what I I my ConnellyCove.com told me. Um, and so, and, and they are kind of featured in certain things, but uh, so this was kind of an interesting one though because it it was a little different. It, there was a punishment. It was, the swans weren't just a hundred. It wasn't it wasn't a hundred percent great for the swans here, uh, obviously. But um, yeah, it, so I I think a lot of uh, too. The other one I didn't mention that we did was the Loch Ness monster, and that was a fun one because there there were references to to a monster in that lake for a long time, but then like the solving, you know, like the the more definitive one has to do with a Christian uh, priest or something like a monk. I can't remember exactly which, but it, you, you know, taking care of it. He he. So they you know they didn't deny that there was a monster in the, in the lake. They adapted that. So it could, it could, Christian, Christianity could kind of take care of it. And I feel like this is likely what happened here. Um, some of my sources even said that this, the original story came from like mainland Europe, like even um, uh, like the Netherlands or France and, and like I said, was adapted. Could have been, I, I know, like I, it made me think about how um, the French really took to Arthurian legend. And during the medieval era, and that's and that that kind of bounced back and forth, and that's sort of how we get the Lancelot Guinevere the, of today that we kind of see because of those French people that were so in love with that Arthur the Arthurian tales. So maybe this is a case, but again, I don't I don't have a source. I don't really have anything to definitively tell you. What I do have is is like eighteen tabs that tell the story over and over again. <laughs> um, it does come in a lot of different ways though i mean if, if it's a medieval legend it's you know it, it, it was an oral tradition sort of then 
and the the legend would be sort of you know localized and and just as it was localized to Ireland maybe you know from France or the Netherlands or wherever it was originally from if that was the case but nowadays it does have sort of a standard it it, it the same sort of characters come up and there are these um so the the one thing that's sort of talked about is it it does take place in ancient Ireland um it has to do with these uh, ancient the people settlers of Ireland called the Tu Aha Da De Danun. It looks nothing. Well, not nothing. It lo- doesn't look like the word says that. It look, kind of looks like Tuatha, but Tu Aha De Danun. Uh, and and what was cool about these? So these were like an ancient race. This is the first time I've, I think I've really run into these um, characters. The, these these people part of Irish legend. Yeah. I saw that too, where it's like, it's almost not even like humans is kind of how they describe it. Yeah. Like they're right. kind of, um, maybe not fairy folk, but similar in a way. Yeah. To that. They were, they were divine pre-humans. It, it kind of remember, reminded me, I can't, what, what, I, it was one Greek episode we did recently. I think it was with Peter where I ended up talking about dactyl Her- Heracles. Do you remember this? It was, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a different Hercules. He was from the dactyls. The dactyls were like pre-Greek they they weren't humans, but they were they were humanoid deity people before, but they weren't gods. You know, it was it was kind of weird, um, but it was evidence of in in Greece of these people that were the race was dactyl and they were human like and they were involved in the world with the cosmos and the gods, but they were separate entities. You know, it was it was interesting, kind of like I guess you know you could say like a dwarf like the dwarves, the way that the Norse and how kind of we think of dwarves. Yeah. You know, in Lord of the Rings, they're and, and elves. They're a different race. They're human like. They're rel- they're related um, in a lot of ways, but they're clearly different. You know. That's the best way I can talk about the Tuaha de Dunan um, people. So, and in, in uh, encyclopedia.com, actually, they have a history section. That's probably one of the best um, sources that I had that kind of clearly talked about this and broke it down and the pronunciations for me. <laughs> um, it also talks about how uh, Lear is the god of the sea in Irish and Welsh mythology. And I thought that was really cool. And again, you know, Irish and Welsh mythology, kind of like Norse, there's no exact book. This is all very local. It depends on where you go. The British islands were subject to tons of invaders and settlers. It, it went all around. So it, it's it's really kind of crazy um, how, how many, you know, the, the different ways this wasn't like a, a homogenous thing always you know it wasn't it wasn't always that that way and then again further you, you have the christianization of it all too so even if this was like a native irish story pre-christian ireland it would have changed with this christian influence um just like so many other things did but um it, yeah it, it's it's clearly a a story that that's prevalent it's been adapted in a lot of different ways now. They, uh, there's a talk. I mean, King Lear of you know Shakespeare from the early 1600s. They, it seems like that that could have had a uh, in like this story could have influenced Shakespeare. I imagine it would have been a story that he heard. I mean, he was extremely well read and would likely have had some way of connecting into that. I mean, he he was really into that kind of thing. Um, as well as like the indigenous sort of culture, as well as like uh, Roman and Greek and things like that. So, but again, I, I don't have, this is just speculation. It could have, there, there's other than the name, there's really not too much else that we have to go on other than sort of the general 
morals and things like that of the story that it's it's trying to tell. And it is it, it's it's a quite an elaborate story, but you know like like when when you go to the Wikipedia page, it doesn't say this was written by it. it there's nothing. There's really like my 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 part ends here for the most part. Like I'm <laughs> I've told you everything I can. The 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 wild thing for me is the impact comes. God, it's sort of like um, William Tell, where there's like there's no there's there's like a, a couple little roots, but the tree is huge. Like the the impact's right. huge. There is a ton of statues and sculptures in Ireland dedicated, and it it depicts the swans or it depicts the children. Um, today, modern music. Uh, kind of goes with it um there's movies and books that have been based off it books ever since the late 19th century um uh, patrick kennedy he was a folklorist he adapted the tale um as he called it the, the four swans in this collection called the bardic stories of ireland from 1871 so that was like since 1871 it's been going on but as 1954 in america there was a modern retelling of it as well and so it's it's really cool. It it I guess it's kind of nice that it doesn't have this strict story to it because it's been able to have been adapted so much. But um, it it it's a story of punishment and torment and suffering and love and uh, you know you've got a jealous king. You've got all you. It's it's got a lot in it. It's it's a very complicated story, and that's that's why I'm so surprised that there's no direct thing you know what it reminds me of is when we were talking about some of the god was it beowulf where it there was it was almost like christianity was kind of shoehorned into the story yeah yeah beowulf yeah there there was the old there was the the, the pagan Beowulf story, it, it had been around way before Christianity, and then it was retold, and they were like, and God did this, you know? Um, but it was this it was is, very shoehorned, very, very shoehorned. Yeah, this feels uh, pretty similar. Like, maybe it was a tradition before yeah, that. Yeah, the monk could have, yeah, he was just thrown in there, you know, yeah. um, for sure. And, and I mean, it... it there were, you know, like, I, I don't know if shaman would be the best kind of way to put it, or druid. I, I, druid, I'm pretty sure, is a Welsh and or, uh, you know, Celtic term. I, I think we've already covered that. Um, D-R-Y-D, I think is what it is, and that would be pronounced like druid. So, yeah, they're, they're, like, they're, the story, original story could have had a druid. I mean, you've got people turning into swans. Like, it, it, it is. It's it's really cool. But I, I didn't mention this, but mm-hmm. Aoife, in the story that I read, she her father actually also knew i guess like druid magic and that sort of thing and turned her into he asked her to say the thing that she feared the most like what was the scariest thing in the world or whatever and she said something like night witch or something like that Mm. and he turned her immediately into that so i mean if that if that's part of the story that's not christianity at all yeah you know yeah and I don't know. And that actually reminds me of Banshee a little bit. Like, what is a Night Witch anyway? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's cool. It, it's, yeah. I mean, basically it's, it's, it follows a lot of what we've talked about before where there are these sort of, there, there's these clear Irish connections 
However, and, and, and you know, I, I didn't know this when I was just kind of reading around, and a lot of the sources didn't even mention this, but Lear is sort of regarded as like a, a god of the water, but I, the, there's not really like a strict pantheon in, in these mythologies like we would think of in Greek and all that. There's not, you know, it, it's it's weird. It's very local, but it just sort of filtered through and became this really strong story with these, these, these characters that were always in it and always sort of based around it being in this ancient time period, the two aha day uh, done and being involved and yeah i mean you imagine if they were stuck to be swans for that long it would cover this nice long period and i don't know it's just wild um and it still is getting new books and inspiring things today i i mean it's it's extremely important in this period and god you know peter didn't he studied um was it just British literature? We've got to bug Something him about like that, this. Yeah. To, we, I don't, we got to ask him. He's in the mountains. We can't bug him. I know. I know. <laughs> but it, we will uh, well, have to But see Debbie it. did tell me, she was like, these. this story, I can't believe you haven't like come across it yet because the story is, like, everyone in Ireland knows the story. There's not yeah, a person yeah. in Ireland that doesn't know it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I asked my, my mom, you know, my native uh, English woman, um, so I wouldn't expect her. I mean, there's a chance, you know, she's, you know, <laughs> Welsh and English. Um, and she wasn't super familiar with it. It kind of rang a bell, you know, Lear, you, you kind of, your head goes to Shakespeare immediately, I think. And then that's kind of it. But um, it was just really interesting. Like uh, several of the links I found were like this ancient Irish myth. And it's like, well, it seems like it's, it's ancient Irish because it's set in ancient Ireland. But if I create a story and set it in ancient Ireland, it's not ancient Irish myth. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm kind of, it's, it's like a medieval myth set in ancient Ireland. But like many other sort of parts of this these cultures that, you know, were all about oral histories, the story definitely could have predated a, a lot. It could have... It being written down, yeah. Exactly. Almost certainly it predated it being written down. Right, yeah. So that's the cool thing. And, and the influences there, you know, like I said, in the sculptures and then in modern literature... Um, from the 19th century and, and to today. I mean, there's like a kids books um, in the 2000s or like I would say like young adult reader books that are based off of these myths and things like that too. And it is, it's it's cool. There's a lot you can do with it. It's very flexible. It's very like fairy tale like but not kind of the same. I mean, you know, we've got some really cool stuff um, there. I mean, getting turned into the swans. Like it, it definitely has like the three act play kind of set up, you know, yeah, it does. Um, and there's the two kings and there's no, I'm supposed to be the king or I want to be the ruler. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's a really rich story. I'm glad that we've, we've touched on it. I just was like really surprised that I found so many websites that were willing to tell me the story, but there really wasn't <laughs> a huge basis behind it. But again, that's, that helps, I think, make it really open uh, and, and flexible in the way that you tell it. So yeah, I, it, it really, I really liked it. I really, really did. Um, I kind of like just wanted to look at the, the footnotes too. And encyclopedia.com did a really good job of giving it. Cause I, I wanted to hear your rendition of it. Cause I had not heard of it before. A lot of this stuff is interesting. Um, it seems to familiar to me, Yeah, but I don't know. Supposedly like Swan Lake is based somewhat on this like it, the, it the transformation yeah and, and the and swans or something so i might be thinking of that but yeah as i was reading through i was like this does sound kind of familiar but i didn't really know like right. I, I didn't know how these, it was going to end or anything it's, it's it's all these literary elements that are or in storytelling elements i think that are really consistent throughout a lot of stories and and it definitely does that but no i i, I hadn't heard of it and 
it, but I can I can think of it's it's sort of like the apple off the head thing shooting an apple off the right. head from William Tell. It's like I I remember I I. I I've heard of that. Maybe it was a cartoon that did it when I was a kid or something like that. But so it's it's those tropes, like fairy tale, mm-hmm. medieval s- storytelling tropes that kind of went around. And so, yeah, well, it, in short, it, it it is set in ancient Ireland. It probably is an oral history story that, that did pass on. Lots of different renditions then, though. Lots of localizations, I would imagine. And and, and a lot of these websites admit this. They, they do say that. They don't really kind of go on beyond that. But um, – yeah, it, it's it's a great story. It, it's influencing today. It, it I didn't see it, anything that said, and this is the clear connection to Swan Lake, other than swans and transformations and stuff like that. But that isn't a super consistent theme, so that definitely could be it. And just like I mean, King Lear, these 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 general ideas, these general morals and stories that they're trying to tell. So yeah, it was a really good story. I'm I'm glad that we touched on it. It was cool to go back to Ireland, and it wasn't. Uh, a ghost trying to destroy you. <laughs> so <laughs> this one was a little happier. Um, well, yeah. Thanks so much, Cammy. Thanks, Debbie, for helping us out. Uh, I let us know how we pronounced everything. <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, but I, I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, everyone, let us know what you think. If, if you were familiar with this, um, our Facebook group is really active. That's probably the best way to, to get with us. Um, but you can also watch this on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, too. We'll, we'll send out some funny pictures called memes every now and then and let you know when new episodes post. But, yeah, I think that about covers it, Cammy. Thanks for your story. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bryant. Excellent. Well, everyone, we will see you next time.